Armchair Detectives. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Hello. 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 Welcome to another episode. Sing it, Allie. I almost sang the wrong thing. (laughs) You're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Yay. You feel like this. Allie is the voice (laughs) in the song. I sounded like I feel like the Siri girl. <laughs> I just love that one day I texted you. I was like, "Hey, can you send me a recording of you saying desk chair detectives?" And you just did it. Yeah, like no, no questions asked. No, I'm not trying to be the difficult one. <laughs> That's reserved for me. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're the aggressive. One. You said it. <laughs> we were all thinking it. I just said but it. you said it. Um. So how was everyone's holidays? Happy. This is no, this is not. No, that other one came out right after New Year's, yeah. yeah. The um, all right, well, ignore this, it? yeah. <laughs> it's our first week of normalness again, yeah, as Boo. normal as normal can be with us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're gonna do, it. should we tell them we're gonna do like a different kind of episode? Yes. Should we we're tell versatile. Them, should we tell them Paul and um and my mom? We're gonna do a different kind of episode. <laughs> and <Right>. my mom. <laughs> and Jean. Jean. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of my friends stop listening to this because screw all of you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh George has never listened to this a day in his life. Oh. We love a supportive man. Take him out. So Take should we out. just like talk shit now? Yeah. If he's never uh, well, I actually do have a little bit of housekeeping. Um, oh. I'm, we do have um, at least one person. Well, we have a lot of people who share a lot. We have a couple of people who like reshare our episodes. But this one person, anytime we've like ever mentioned her, I edit her out. Yep. Bring it on, Sarah. I have to hear about it. Yes, she has mentioned <laughs> it. So, um, Allie V. We're going to do a different kind of episode this week. <laughs> this one's for you. This is a special <laughs> shout out to you. Dedicated. Um, so obviously everyone is like super obsessed with the Idaho murders. I feel like some people on TikTok are trying to make the Idaho 4 um, like a thing. Interesting. But I think we should call it the Idaho murders. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it doesn't really sp- specify. <laughs> and it's it's just like I don't know. It's they're not like a like a band. Yeah, yeah, they're more important than that. <laughs> yeah, the victims of a evil, evil, evil person. Yeah. But so I think oh. the since the last time we talked about it, they have made an arrest. and you know we all have to what is it called when you like eat crow when you're like humble like you have to be humbled right humble pie heard that like we'll eat crow no no what does that even mean i have no idea are we speaking the same language i've definitely heard it yeah be humiliated by having to admit one's defeats or mistakes I have never heard that. Yeah, we have okay. to eat crow because we were sitting here talking smack about these police officers. What are mm. they doing? How do they not know? How do they? They knew from like 
the next day yeah it's just a classic case of them not telling the public things to screw it up yes and so they did a very good job and they released an affidavit and i'm just gonna google (laughs) affidavit meaning it so it is a probable cause affidavit and it's um if a a probable cause means if a reasonable person would be led to believe that the law has been or shall be violated then probable cause has been established so this is pretty much like the document that they submit to the courts that like allow them to make an arrest like a warrant for an arrest and it's very long it's 19 pages and it literally has so much information in it and from all my research I have found TikTok videos. Um, <laughs> Credible. Right? Like an affidavit. You, They literally put like the bare minimum information into these that they need. So this is only like the tip of the iceberg of all mm-hmm. the evidence they have against this guy. There's mm-hmm. even like pages of this affidavit, which is like redacted and like not yeah. even put in because yep. it, they didn't need that. And I have, I have um, asked our one um mm. so we have this one co-worker whose husband is a detective and i asked him some more questions from the last you time did? i asked yeah and one of the things is like why is there redacted information and the redacted information um comes at a point when they start talking about the wounds and the victims so oh. he said that it's most likely like personal information mm. um so that's why that's taken out it's like about okay. the victims rather than about him. So we thought it would be cool to kind of like read through. I don't think we have to read through all of it because there's a lot of like phone records and stuff that it's just like we can sum it up. But I think it's like so cool. Um, I'm going to share my screen with you guys. I have it open. So this is the affidavit for the arrest of Brian Koberger. Also so creepy that he was like an hour from us, an hour and a half. Yep. Yeah, I wonder how much farther he would have gone. Well, that's where he lived. Like, he grew up, like, at That's where his parents half, right? were. That's where his parents oh, are. okay. I think he was, like, home for Christmas. Yeah, he, yeah, so Ooh, pretty much, um, well, this will go into it. This will, we'll, like, go into it. So, do you guys care if I just, like, re- start reading stuff? Yeah, no, do it up. Go ahead. Okay. So, this is from this guy, Brett Payne. I guess he's the detective. Um, he's the duly appointed, qualified, and acting peace officer within the county of Lata, Lata, <laughs> state of Idaho. Uh, he works in the uh, Moscow Police Department. Okay. I want to be a peace officer. Isn't that what it's called in the Hunger Games? I, peacekeeper. Peacekeeper. Oh, a peacekeeper. Yeah, I was going to say, right. it kind of sounds familiar. Um. So this is pretty much like he put, I guess he's probably like the lead investigator, right? Um, So they say on November 13th, 2022, at approximately 4 p.m., Moscow Police Department, Sergeant Blaker and and I, so when I say and I, that's Brett, okay? Okay. And I responded to 1122 King Road, Moscow, Idaho, hereafter the King Road residence to assist with a scene security and processing of a crime scene associated with four homicides. 
Upon our arrival, the Idaho State Police forensic team was on the scene and was preparing to begin processing the scene. Um, MPD officer Smith, one of the initial responding officers to the incident, advised he would walk me through the scene. Smith and I entered the King Road residence through the bottom floor on the north side of the building. So this is like the front of the building that you've seen where it's like the two basement um, rooms are. When I walked upstairs to the second floor, so this is the floor where the kitchen and the sliding glass doors are on. Um, okay. Excuse me. Um, Smith directed me down the hallway to the west bedroom on the second floor, which I later learned through Zana's driver's license and other personal belongings found the room was Zana Zana Kernoodle hereafter Kernoodle room just before this room there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway as I approached the room I could see a body later identified as Kernoodle laying on the floor so this is like the first thing that um, has been like so different from everything we've heard like from all other reports like all the victims were in their beds right mm -hmm. so we now yeah. know that like Xana had gotten up and like she was not in bed mm -hmm. <clears throat> her noodle was deceased with wounds which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon also in the room was a male later identified as ethan chaplin chapin hereafter chapin chapin was also deceased with wounds later determined autopsy report provided by spokane and then this is all redacted oh God. so i don't I even want to know yeah like no, I, think, I don't want to know yeah, yeah this has to be like the brutal details of their wounds and okay. i think it also mentions the two surviving roommates as well and i think for now they want to try to keep that as on the dl as possible yeah i think like later on they only use initials to yep. speak of them also yeah. which i think is really important because like these two have been through a lot yeah and they don't need any of the media attention or people badgering them or anything like that. Yeah. So then after the redacted stuff, it starts up again. I then followed Officer Smith upstairs to the third floor of the resident. The third floor consisted of two bedrooms and one bathroom. The bedroom on the west side of the floor was later determined to be Kaylee's room. Um, I struggle saying her last name, Goncalves. Gone, yeah, I, think right. um, I later learned from review of a different officer's body cam there was a dog in the room when moscow police officers initially responded so this answers another big question like where was that dog right like mm -hmm. um because they had said like the dog didn't have any blood on it or something and if it's in the room with one of these like victims obviously there'd be blood all over so that dog was closed in kaylee's room Oh, the um, bathroom shared a wall. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's just dog, explaining the dog. Yeah, the situation. dog belonged to Kaylee and her boyfriend, Jack. Um, they shared the dog. Officer Smith then pointed out a small bathroom on the east side of the third floor. This bathroom shared a wall with Madison um, with her bedroom, which was situated on the southeast corner of the third floor. As I entered this bedroom... Uh, Madison's room I could see two females in the single bed in the room both Con Goncalves and Mogan so Kaylee and Mor um, Maddie Madison were deceased with visible stab wounds 
I also later noticed what appeared to be a tan leather knife sheath laying on the bed next to Maddie, um, her right side. The sheath was later processed. And then this is just talks about like the kind of knife it is. It doesn't matter for us. Um, and on this sheath, which is like the thing that holds the knife, right? They located a single source of male DNA. I think that part of it, that part of the affidavit, like really put a lot into perspective for me. I mean, like, obviously, you know, it's really sad and um, you wish this never happened to them. But I think hearing that the two girls were in one single bed together really puts it like makes it really difficult to hear and I think like I honestly think about like myself like how many times did I go out with my girlfriends and my roommates and I would go home and like cuddle in bed with them and we'd pass out or like talk and have food and then like you just never expect like you get home safe Mm -hmm. after a night out you're good you don't expect something like that to happen to you so I think that part really hit me hard because it really could have just happened to anybody yeah and it also makes me think too like you also don't know what they went through also like what if they were in their own separate rooms and he took one of them and put them in the room with the friend and they were both scared together or if he killed maddie in her room and then brought them together like it's just it's terrifying to think about like how that even unfolded and also people like talking about this psycho brian like they so many people were like oh he's so smart like this is definitely not his first crime but like this is the first thing where like he was sloppy like he left the knife sheath in yeah. their house like yeah he's not this mastermind i don't think no like, you know and like he thinks like, he he thinks yes, he, 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 think, thinks yeah. he is. yeah yeah no i like fully be- i think this is his first Same. crime of this nature Same. personally and i think if he realized that he got away with this he definitely would have done it again yes. i think this was like oh, the yeah. making of a serial killer oh, absolutely. and it's just amazing and we're like very thankful that they caught him yeah. now because who knows what the hell this kid could have done later mm-hmm. on I watched yep. this great interview with this guy. He's like a college professor who does like sociology and psychology and like has like a history with like crime something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying like, there's, this is a hundred percent his first crime of this nature. Like maybe like shoplifting, you know, like stuff like that. But um, he was like, he was so sloppy and he was yeah. like, there's no way that he intended on killing all four. It like just things escalated and, um, he's like, but this is a hundred percent the kind of behavior that he would do again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would think so, just based off of everything we've been hearing. Yeah. So and like sorry. I was just gonna say, like further on in the affidavit, like it'll become clear too that like this guy really tried to do his research to figure out how to get away with it and how to be like like try to beat the system in a way because yeah. we know he's he went to he was getting like a master's and like criminal no PhD, PhD in what criminology, criminology yeah and like all of the steps that he was taking to try to immerse himself into like the police force into the into this criminology like field too it's just like sickening yeah that this was probably his plan all along was to be a killer 
and that's how he gained the knowledge that he did was trying yeah. to get through the system from like the other side well like ted yeah. bundy was going to school for the same thing um did you see the side-by-side pictures of that yes yeah so creepy they look so much alike (laughs) so messed up and so then it goes on so that right there right we got the we know where they got the source of the dna Mm -hmm. so then it says as part of the investigation numerous interviews were conducted by moscow police department um two of the interviews included bf and dm those are the initials of the two surviving roommates in the house um the, the they were inside king rose residence at the time of the homicides and were roommates to the victims so this is the next thing that is just like crazy so they say bf her bedroom was located east side of the first floor so the bottom up until now the police had always said that both the surviving roommates were on that first floor yeah but it comes out that actually the one d dm not my brother doug moran (laughs) dm or my dad dm was actually on the same floor as xana's bedroom oh interesting okay yes um uh, let me just okay so then this just goes on to say that the the roommates kind of align with the statements that they've been saying that everyone was out that night but everyone was home by around 145 right uh, Ethan and Xana were home at 145. Maddie and Kaylee had gone to the bar and the food truck. We all saw like all that footage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were home by 156. So um, the two surviving roommates both made statements during interviews that indi- indicated the occupants of King Road residence were home at 2 a.m. and asleep or at least in their rooms by around 4 a.m. This is with the exception of Xana who received a DoorDash order at the residence at approximately 4 a.m. Wow. So this is also interesting because from now they had always said that the murders took place between 3 and 4, I believe. Yeah, I was shocked to learn that too, that yeah. it was after this. One, I'm shocked because I can't imagine being up till 4 a.m. anymore. I was literally just thinking that. I'm like, wow, get when I'm home from the bar, it's straight to bed. I can't like... Right. I can't even say like, let so alone late. order food yeah. also what food place was open i would love to know. i know well i did see in that same interview with um that like uh professor i was talking about he talks about how um how for as much as this guy planned this he also did not and uh he is from like pennsylvania which is like a very like small town and stuff and the schools he went to before were also very small that didn't have large sports teams and this weekend that he that committed this murder there was i don't know the sports thing a big something (laughs) a big game big 12 big eight something like that oh 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 oh. so there was extra college life going on yeah like so many people are in downtown so um that's why they think like restaurants were open later and like all that stuff so did she I mean, it, it might say this in here, and but I know you've read it. Did she get that DoorDash order before yes. this all happened? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she got okay. her. Yeah. Um, they confirmed it with DoorDash person, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the DoorDash guy said he didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I like imagine being the DoorDash driver. Right. Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's literally minutes, minutes, after. minutes apart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Like literally minutes because. 
I don't think it took that long for all of this to happen oh, it's, at all. It's disturbingly quick. Yeah, like, I remember you would think, reading that I part. think like four people getting murdered, it's going to take at least a half hour, hour, right? Yeah. Minutes. Yeah. So quick. Like so, how much rage did he have to have to yeah. and like to be able to do that that quickly? I don't know. So this is where it starts getting really creepy. ZM stated she originally went to sleep in her bedroom on the southeast side of the second floor and was woken up around 4 a.m. by what she stated sounded like um, Kaylee playing with her dog on one of the upstairs bedrooms, which were located on the third floor. A short time later, she said she thought she heard Kaylee say something to the effect of there's someone here. A review of records obtained from a forensic download of Xana's phone showed this could have also been her, could have also been Xana, because her cell phone indicated that she was likely awake and using the TikTok app at 412. So she was literally ordered some DoorDash and was on TikTok. Scrolling on TikTok until she could fall asleep. I was going to say, it could have been any of us. Any Mm -hmm. of us, right? How relatable. Finishing DoorDash and right? scrolling on TikTok. Yep. Right? <laughs> DM stated that at, at hearing this, she looked out of her bedroom but did not see anything when she heard the comment about someone being there. DM then stated she opened her door a second time when she heard what she thought was crying coming from Xana's room. She said She then said she heard a male voice say something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm going to help you. So I want to pause right here. Yeah. Because this girl is getting so much heat on the internet. But that interview I saw with that professor said some, and my first reaction was like, I can't believe she just went back to bed. But like, we're saying that with so much like knowledge about what had happened. This was a party house. There was always people coming and going. And if you look at like, um, they have so many like 3d renders and stuff of her room oh yeah i did see those too yeah if she looked out into her door she wouldn't have seen anything she could see into the kitchen or the living room xana's room was around the corner yeah back down a hallway she wouldn't have seen that the girls rooms are upstairs so yeah it is like kind of frustrating that Mm -hmm. like well i mean at this point in the story like how everything's unfolding like it's four o'clock in the morning. She's yeah. with her boyfriend and she's yeah, crying. Like I would have just been like um, minding my business. Yeah. 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 Especially 4 a.m. Like you're fighting with your boyfriend. I'm going to bed. Like I yeah. will talk about yeah. it tomorrow. But I'm kind of I was actually wondering if she like what she was thinking at that point, if she thought it was her boyfriend or if you yeah. know, like I was curious about I'm I curious really don't think that. she there's so many people in and out of the house yeah like it could have been anyone i was wondering and she said she heard it's okay i'm gonna help you right then and there i'm like okay ethan's taking care of it it's a male's voice right yeah like he's with her and so this is where it gets really scary this next two things so at approximately 4 17 a security camera located at 11 12 king's road which is right across um it's like the back of the house is facing their front of the house mm-hmm. um the security camera picked up distorted audio of what sounds like voices or a whimper followed by a loud thud a dog can also be heard barking numerous times starting at four seventeen. the security oh. camera is less than 50 feet from xana's bedroom 
So a lot of people are like speculating that that thump yeah. or the thud was Xana like falling because she was the only one not in the bed. Oh, okay. Um, obviously that's like speculation, but mm-hmm. um. So then DM stated she opened her door for a third time after he after she heard the crying, and she saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose walking towards her dm described the figure as 510 or taller male not very muscular but athletically built with bushy eyebrows the male walked past dm as she stood in a frozen shock phase the male the male walked towards the backsliding door dm then locked herself in her room after seeing the male dm did not state that she recognized him and this leads investigators to believe that the murder left the scene so she actually saw someone leaving the house which like again there's people coming and going in this house all the time so like us knowing that it's a murderer that's even more terrifying right but she had no way of knowing that he had just slaughtered yeah weird things were happening but also yeah he was out that night too was she drunk like it's four o'clock in the morning you're woken up you're not thinking clearly too yeah, like if you're drunk and you're scared or, you know, stoned or whatever, like yeah. then you see like this guy in a ski mask walking around your house, like and they're saying who knows what it, you would have done. They're saying it was most likely a like COVID mask. Oh really? Yeah. Because okay. yeah, I mean if you could see his eyebrows. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a ski mask because I know they make ski masks yeah, that like only that. see the eyes. Yeah. So I thought I thought it was mm. that, but and like I know, I see a, like a lot of people commenting, like, "Well, if they saw each other, like, how did she live?" But you yeah. saw those three D renderings, like it yeah. was like he, he didn't see right down the stairs, and if yeah. she was standing back in the doorway, he would have never yeah, probably he seen, seen her, her. especially also, if it's dark. Yeah, and if he was like probably exhausted, physically exhausted, mm-hmm. and also like the adrenaline and like craziness, because if he wasn't he planning on to killing get out. those four people, yeah, he was like laser focused on getting out. So it's just, it is very easy to, like, say what we would have done, but at the same time, you know, she didn't even, have all the yeah. information we do. Even if it wasn't a ski mask, if it was, like, a regular, like, medical mask that people are, are wearing these days, like, yeah. a male leaving a college house at four o'clock in the morning is not out of the ordinary. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think the ski mask would have been something I, that would have It, it could have triggered yeah. some, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, if he, honestly, if he... If he didn't have that on, she probably wouldn't have thought anything of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, if people are in and out all the time, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's nuts. Well, uh, I mean, we the affidavit doesn't really like say, but we all yeah. we don't know what she was thinking. Oh too. yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, like, yeah. She could have thought it was just a guy leaving the house. She could have thought yeah. it was something scary and just like froze and didn't know what to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like it's, if if it if if her mind was like that guy just killed everyone, it could have been a trauma response to like yeah oh yeah all the time if i'm like if i'm with you three we're out on a walk in the woods and some guy comes up and try to kill i'm leaving you guys i am running save yourself (laughs) you want all of us to die you want you know i want someone to live and then catch my killer yeah (laughs) um you don't know how you're gonna react and we don't know what she was thinking and this is all just face value what she told investigators she's 20 years old like that's yeah. everything like they're adults but they're children like mm-hmm. come on um 
so it then says so right they say that this is when they believe he exited the house a combination of dm statements to law enforcement um, reviews of forensic downloads of records from both of their phones and a video of a suspect and video of a suspect video hmm they did not proofread this. <laughs> Do you need an editor? And video <laughs> of a suspect described below leads investigators to believe the homicides occur between 4 a.m. and 4.25. During the processing wow. of the crime scene, investigators found a latent shoe print. This was located during the second processing of the crime scene um, using a presumptive blood test and then amino black, a protein, some bottle of science, the detective shoe print showed a diamond-shaped pattern similar to the pattern of Vans. The only good thing about this guy is that he liked Vans. Mm-hmm. And this was just outside of DM's bedroom, which like corroborated her statement that he walked out that way. Um, as part of the investigation, extensive search, commonly referred to as law as video canvases, was conducted in the area. This video canvas was to obtain footage um from the early morning hours of november 13th in the area of king's road residence and surrounding neighborhoods in an effort to locate the suspect or suspect's vehicle um traveling to or leaving from the the house this video canvas resulted in the collection of numerous surveillance videos in the area from both residential okay blah 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 pretty much they see everyone has a ring camera yeah yeah so they see this footage of this white sedan, a white Hyundai that everyone's seen, Elantra, traveling all around this neighborhood, right? I'm just going to summarize this because it's just a lot of like northwest, southbound, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so pretty much Brian Kohlberger in this car was circling the neighborhood three times and then the fourth time he parks. Yeah, I think it said like he was driving around for an hour yeah starting at 329 yeah. and ending at 420 there's sightings of this car just passing by the house i will say do you guys have ring cameras i don't No. so obviously as you know i bought a house we got a ring camera and you have to pay uh, i think yearly to have your recorded uh videos and stuff on there yeah and to have like live views which i don't expensive? have I think my friend said it was a hundred a year, but for me, like after I read this, I don't have it. And I was considering doing it, you know, just in case you never know. Yeah. But after hearing about the story and him getting caught on everyone's cameras, I was like, I'm absolutely going to do it because you never know what you can catch on camera. That could be helpful. Yeah. 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 It's serious. Mm -hmm. Um, So he passes the house at least three times um, and then like tries to turn around, can't, terrible driver. Um, and he's seen entering a fourth time approximately at 404. It can be seen going on King's Road, stopping, turning around, um, and then it stops in front of King's residence. Right. I wonder like what he was like, what was like going through his head that entire time. Pumping himself. Well, yeah. I think he was pumping himself up, and there's more that comes out about like why I think he was doing this. Okay um so then the vehicle is seen departing at 4 20 so they see for the last time he parks at 404 he's booking it at a high rate speed leaving at 420 
if my math is right, that's 16 minutes. I was going to say, because they said in between 4 and 4.30, you said? Yep. And at 4, remember, 4 a.m., Xana got the door done. Yeah. The door done. And 4.12, she was scrolling on, didn't you say 4.12, she was scrolling on TikTok? Yep. That is wild to me. Well, it sounded like he started up, made his way down, and then left. So I think it was Xana who said, I think someone's here. Well, that would make sense too because then DM would better hear that because they're yep. on the same floor. Yep. But and like she's scrolling TikTok. I picture Ethan sleeping and she's like, I think someone's here. Like, yeah, what? that makes sense. Right. And it's yeah. scary to think too is like he killed Kaylee and Maddie first while Xana was like scrolling on TikTok and yeah. her hat. Like, yeah. the fact I just think it's bananas that like, how quick it must have been for them for them not to like make a sound in a quiet house too yeah terrifying yep um blah 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 blah. he leaves they say like which street they think he left on um law enforcement officers provided video footage of suspect vehicle one to forensic examiners um to try to identify the year make and model of the vehicle um, the forensic, forensic examiner has approximately 35 years. Okay, he's got a lot of experience. Um, and pretty much he says that this is a 2011 to 2013 Hyundai Elantra. Um, then later says, okay, it could be a 2011 to 2016. Really important information there. I know the big, I know the difference between that. Yeah, right. Clearly. <laughs> um, so then they investigators were given access to video footage of the washington state university campus located in pullman and i'm really bad at geography and i did not know that idaho touched washington state i'll admit it i i didn't know that campus the washington state university campus is about a 10 minute drive from where the four were murdered Mm mm-hmm So a review of that video indicated that approximately at 2.44 a.m. on November 13th, a white sedan, which was consistent with the description of the white Elantra, known as Suspect Suspect Vehicle 1, was was observed on WSU surveillance cameras traveling north away from the campus. At approximately 2.53 a.m., a white sedan, which is consistent with the description of white Elantra, uh is now down another street in pullman washington pretty much he's making they can follow making his, his car, way making yeah. his way towards moscow idaho okay, okay. at 5 20 at 5 25 a.m the white sedan was observed going back into pullman washington on campus so they literally were able it's just like mind-boggling to me like they found him leaving campus and getting back to campus at 525. So like he was not he, he was not home sleeping where he was supposed to be, right? No. And that also says too that he didn't go home right away either. No, he drove to like He probably ditched the murder weapon. Yeah, jail. I think I saw something or like read something that like he was like driving around this like abandoned area. Hmm um so then there's some images uh that's like kind of hard to see but it like oh is it a map it's like a map of oh, okay. like his like where he was traveling um so on november 25th so this is like a week after week and a half after 
uh, Moscow Police Department asked law local area law enforcement agencies to be on the lookout for this car. At approximately 12.28 a.m., Washington State Police Officer Daniel Tango um, like saw this 2015 white Elantra with a Pennsylvania license plate, and they saw that it was registered to one Brian Koberger. So after this, they knew they had like their suspect, right? So they start like looking into him, and um, he lives in the Pullman parking lot area of the Washington state campus um i'm trying to like paraphrase because it's we still got nine pages left he matches the description uh that dm says right he's six she said he's 510 or taller he's six foot weighs 185 um and he has very bushy eyebrows in his driver's license yeah. picture i think okay. about this all the time when like people describe people like suspects and stuff to the police i'm like yeah. i don't know if i would know no height Sketch artists all. are unbelievable yeah like, i don't know, I don't know how know. they do what they do yeah but this the, what you just said sarah just kind of says that they knew who they had really quick they just yeah. couldn't they had to they were make so sure smart. yeah i feel they like they were like sure. playing into like what they thought like which is right like he thought he was so smart and like was gonna get away with this mm-hmm. it's like we have no leads please if you know anything let us know and they're That's, like yeah because a week later they're following this guy yeah, yeah. It, and they find out who he is and the stuff yeah. that he's been doing and whatever so they know that they have to be like that and hope that he gets messier yeah so then from here they were able to they realized that he um had been stopped part of a traffic stop i think i read he like wasn't wearing a, his driver his seatbelt or something so from there they found like his like phone number and they were able to start tracking him that way seeing like where his cell phone was so they can see that yeah. o- october 14th oh no that was when he was stopped this is when he was stopped and didn't they say so like, they stopped him the di- oh a month be- this is a month before the murders i got confused oh okay um so that's how they like really knew it was him right because they could look at the body cam it was him driving this car right yeah but like this next part when he after the murders he registered his pennsylvania car to washington gotcha that's what this is yeah. saying okay yeah according Which to is- uh say yes and then now yeah after the murders right so now he's got a new license plate that's what's to try to throw them off yep interesting Um, okay and you don't need a front plate now blah 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 blah. okay um investigators believe the Koberger is still driving this car because this vehicle was captured on december 12th um, by a license plate reader in colorado Koberger's Elantra was then carried on December 15th, whatever that means. Yeah, um, they're just spotting the car. That yeah, he he is in fact it. the driver of this car. Yeah. Uh you know, it says he's currently a PhD student at the, in criminology at Washington State University. Um I saw he was like a TA. Yeah, I saw the so girl creepy. talking about it on TikTok saying like she was in that class and Someone's like, do you guys talk about those murders in that class? And she said, yes. I was like, oh my God. He has, 
undergraduate education included degrees in psychology and cloud-based forensics. That's funny to me because he's like literally caught off of like yeah ring cameras. Yeah. yeah, it's just so satisfying that he was caught for being a fucking idiot. And, yeah, and he but the he the best part about it is he thought he was so smart because he had all of this knowledge, but he yeah. still messed up. Yeah, he even applied for an internship with the Pullman with the- Police Department that fall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See, he's trying every single way. To be as knowledgeable as he can, yeah, to be the quote unquote perfect serial killer, but he screwed it up the first time he did it, which is amazing. This is creepy to me. In this essay, he wrote that he had interest in assisting rural law enforcement agencies with how to better collect and analyze technological data in public safety operations. He also posted a Reddit survey, which can be found by an open source internet search. The survey asked for participants to provide information to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making when committing a crime. That's weird. Did you also see that there was like um, accounts posting details about the murders (coughs) that like no one like publicly knew? And like, I I don't know if it was Reddit. It it probably was. Yeah. Like commenters back were like, why don't you just admit that you did it? Yeah. And, like, they all think it might have been him posting. Yeah. I saw one. It was, like, this guy was, like, fighting in another Facebook group. And he was, like, watch. They definitely, he definitely left the knife sheath at the crime scene. And that's how they found the DNA. And now that count is disabled. Oof. Right. Just out yourself there, buddy. Right. So now this whole thing gets into, like, his cell phone records, which is so creepy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to just scroll until I find it. So uh, right before Christmas, they applied for a search warrant for historical phone records between November 12th and November 14th. And pretty much what they say is that he was like all up in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, Even like months before too, yeah. not just yeah. in a few days. Which mm-hmm. is- yeah. And also uh, another thing of him being an idiot like they say if you're gonna commit a crime leave your phone on and leave it at home right like that's what, that's what so much turn it there's off and leave it so at home. many yeah. like basic i don't study criminology but there are yeah. so many very basic mistakes that were made yeah you need so ways to get to and from his apartment afterwards. yeah he well then i saw another theory called like, map quest he yeah. brought his phone to like take pictures or like <gasps> document things but um he like took his phone and like turned it on as he was leaving like so it's like pinging bro you know ping you're there ping you're here yep so i believe it was like they had they were able to find this is it's literally just like a lot of pretty much he was he was stalking them um since august and he like moved there in the beginning of august so um it definitely wasn't a random attack he picked that house for a reason and they could see that at least i think it was like 12 times he had been to that house since august i'm curious like i don't think i don't know if they said this in here because i didn't read all the way through yet but yeah did they have any idea like how he found them or why they don't say it in here but he was vegan is like very strict vegan okay right um xana and kaylee both worked at a mediterranean restaurant 
that has a mm-hmm. large vegan restaurant. Oh, okay. Because oh, I was really curious. Menu. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if it's, he was just like scope, like driving through, scoping out bars and then just like yeah. follow people home or if there was like a connection or if they, like yeah. he was like friends with them in some way at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Well, that theory also kind of proves, because if it's Xana, what'd you say, Xana and Kaylee? Yeah. Kaylee lived on the second floor and Xana lived on, no, yeah. Kaylee lived on the third, Xana lived on the second. So that's probably why he didn't know to go find yeah. other people as well. Yeah. And if the girls were together in bed that night, it's just Maddie ended up being there to, yeah, and Ethan ended up being there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was really only going terrible. after those two, maybe. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. Um, so then they show another. All speculation, route. of course. <laughs> yeah. They show more routes that he can tell, which is just like circling, circling their house pretty much going back and forth from wash- his school to their house so scary um they were stalked for months yeah i wonder if they had a feeling like i wonder well, remember in the beginning people were like kaylee had a stalker and like no one really looked into it i kind of remember that but then it was it was like brushed under the rug like i yeah. feel like no one really acknowledged it after that because i was like so maybe it was on purpose now that they were like oh yeah we looked into it couldn't find anything yeah but, but maybe yeah maybe they yeah. did that would make sense um yeah, so this, then it goes on. They they originally asked for like a five day window, right, of rec- historical phone records. But then after they saw how many times he went to the house, yeah. they went back to look from June, and that's when they saw that he had been there a lot. Um, yeah, it's a very detailed this thing. Um, just damning is, evidence. Okay, so this is back to November thirteenth. Further analysis of cellular data provided showed that this cell phone number, uh, consistent with Brian Koberger, um, at approximately 12.36 p.m. So that's lunchtime, right? Lunchtime, mm-hmm. that's daytime. <laughs> oh, you, like, you got oh, it. Yeah, I got Around it. Around lunch that day. Yeah. Well, he went to Kate's Cup of Joe coffee stand. Um. And his car was seen outside. And then he drove a little further, went to the grocery store. Um, I guess this is kind of boring. She's like talking about what he did the day of. Um, they show his path again. So then between 530, around 530, he was, where was he? He was traveling. Eight. stops reporting to the network oh so from 5 30 to 8 p.m 8 30 p.m he has phone was off it wasn't tracking anywhere hmm. so what was he doing during those hours weird yeah uh, that is consistent with the phone being in the air whatever okay i'm gonna edit that part out because i was stupid so this is the very end of it on december 27th 2022 pennsylvania agents recovered the trash from the Koberger family residence located in albrightsville pennsylvania that evidence was sent to the idaho state lab for testing on december 28 2022 the idaho state lab reported that a dna profile obtained from the trash and the dna profile obtained from the sheath identified as a male 
be not being excluded as the biological father of the suspect. At least a 99.9998% of male population would be expected to be excluded from the possibility of being the suspect's biological father. So every, they had first came out saying they got the DNA through like familiar, familiar DNA. So everyone thought like 23 and me, but they yeah. actually got like his dad's DNA from the trash the old and school. matched it. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Um, so based on the information above, I'm requesting an arrest warrant issued for Brian C. Koberger. Um, so, oh, I didn't realize this. November 21st, 1994. One, I'm older than him. Two, he did this like a couple days before his birthday. Oh. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, mm. For Ew. burglary at 1122 king street and four counts of the first degree murder so this was another question i asked like what do you think that he took Mm -hmm. and um the detective that i interviewed well really i sent his wife questions to ask him um, (laughs) said that burglary can just be uh entering without permission yeah which i thought it was yeah i thought it was just stealing Well, I mean, if he did take something, it was probably a sick trophy. Yeah. Um, but it could have just been burglary because DM saw him leave the house. Yeah. So that's the affidavit that really gave like so much information, and there's just gonna be like so much more mm-hmm. that comes out, and it's just so crazy to me. I don't know if we skipped over this part, but I thought I read somewhere that they saw that he came back the morning after. Yes yes right i think that is in here at like nine something the morning after he was outside the house again yeah but at like that at point, that point no one called knew. the police they didn't discover yeah. the bodies yet oh my god and I they said i didn't read that part <laughs> okay yeah so this is it uh it says that phone right. associated with the suspect um was outside the house between 9 12 and 9 21 the day after Ew. so he went home took a little nap and then came back to see yeah. what was going on yeah. and when was the phone call made noon I think, wow i wonder like how that phone call came about too i'm like interested to know like who I made the theory. call and like what triggered it you know i have a theory lay it on me yeah so right because the phone call came in about a unconscious person or an mm-hmm. unresponsive person and like i'm sorry if you saw that blood that person's not unconscious or not responding right that person's deceased but if the roommate and this is obviously just like in my mind i make this up like say the roommate the two roommates that survived the one in the basement maybe they had plans with the dm with that girl right and like she just she was all like freaked out in her room what if like she wasn't answering or opened the door she said she locked her door if yeah he came up the stairs and didn't go towards Xana room but went to dylan's room dm's room sorry what if the call was made about her maybe i don't know well i mean if your roommate is coming to like check on you and it's been how many hours later yeah i don't know I don't know. I think if, she, if, if DM was in her room not answering anyone and her yeah. door was closed, I don't know. Just or it could have it could have been one of them too that like saw one of their bodies and just like didn't know what to do and was like, uh, they're unconscious. Like I don't. Yeah, you know. yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah. 
but I don't know. And like, also, I that's know... such a police term saying an unresponsive person. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say, my roommate is unresponsive. You know, yeah. they're probably yeah. like, they're not waking up. They're not waking up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe that. Maybe. You know. And it, it is. Does. And it does make, and people are like, why did they wait so long? How come nobody was discovered? Bro, college kids sleep till like 3 p.m. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a miracle that the call was even made at yeah. noon. Because um, and especially if they had all gone to bed like around like 4 a.m. too, it, it he committed the murders like so soon after they fell asleep that it was like the optimal time for him to do it and no one would know until like way later. Um exactly. Exactly. I am curious, like, what his, because I know, like, there's been random people who've, like, he's been at a bar with at, or, like, near, people have been like, oh, he was so creepy. I wonder what people, like, his parents really think. So, that's, um, there's a, another word I can never say, a brewery. Brewery. Yeah, uh, in his town, and yeah, uh, the owner came out and said they have this program where they scan everyone's ID when you come in, and they write um notes. So if like you cause trouble, they can be like, mm, "Don't let this person in." Blah 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 blah. <clears throat> and they had a note next to his name that was like, um "Creeps out people" or like gets aggressive with women. Yeah, and then I saw this video of this girl who went on a Tinder date with him. Oh gosh. Oh God. <laughs> he said that, you know, they talked for a little bit. It was fine. Um, and then he was like, Do you want to go to the movies tonight? She went with him. She's like, I don't even remember what movie we saw. He drove her back to her dorm and kind of like invited himself in. And then they were like watching another movie and he kept trying to like she said he was like trying to touch me, not like inappropriately, but like he was like tickling her or like trying to like rub her shoulders. And she was just like, Stop. And he was like, What are you talking about? Like, I'm not doing anything like get like yeah weird and then she was like i'm gonna go to the bathroom and he followed her it was like a community bathroom and he like stood outside the door when um and she said that she just like wanted him to leave and she was like a bad confrontation so i just pretended she's like i pretended to get sick and like she was making like throwing up noises and then he like messaged her on tinder was like hey i'm gonna leave and she was like okay bye and then later he told her that uh he messaged her and said that she had good hip uh, or childbearing hips and she blocked him oh my god i don't think i told you guys this my friend chelsea lives in the poconos Mm -hmm. close to where this guy lived her husband plays on a hockey team and is friends with someone who was at a wedding with Brian Koberger. He was brought as a date and no. sat at their table. No. And he said that he just followed the girl around the entire night. Yeah. Like, I mean, very like, clingy. Stuff that I've been reading is he is very like clingy towards women and doesn't do well with rejection doesn't like to take no for an answer like will be very persistent even if she says no to his advances like that's all i've been reading about how he treats women yeah so insane i just i'm very curious to see like what else we find out yeah um like why he chose them and 
like what all the other details that we're asking questions about right now like I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the trial yeah I'm very like apprehensive about the trial just because of how popular this case is like how they're going to get a jury um how they're going to do oh no am I frozen no, no. oh sorry it looked like everybody was frozen no um, you're good um how how they're going to get a jury and how they're going to like protect the, yeah. the investigation honestly but I'm also wondering whether or not they're going to televise any of the court or any they of the said, trial yeah they said that they're going to allow um cameras oh, into sh- the trial but they haven't said like what that means yet if it's like yeah. they can take pictures can they live stream can they just record like what yeah Hmm. I know I'm also thinking too like because he knew so much about the system and like criminology and all this stuff do you think he really messed up because he's stupid or did he mess up on purpose because he wanted to be seen as a person like this that's like kind of both I feel like it's kind of both like I feel like he would have loved to get away with it because he would have loved to do it again. But yeah. I also feel like he's enjoying the attention because yeah. clearly something wrong with him. Yeah. yeah. I could see him turning around and be like, I was trying to teach you guys a lesson about. Yeah. You know. Yeah, me too. He can deny all he wants, but I feel like he's going to, he's one of those people that wants the attention for it. So if he wants that attention's kind of like dwindling, maybe he'll yeah. open back up and say, actually, I did do it. And here's yeah. why. Like, Yeah. So crusty. It's just so sad. I feel so bad for them. They're so young. They're babies. It's, it's just, there babies. hasn't been like a case like this. I feel like in like, I'm sure in our lifetimes, but like when we're like, you know, adults or whatever, it's just that, scary like, too. Been, that's actually been solved. Like think about yeah. like, the oh, true. were huge too, but it took five years to mm-hmm. arrest someone for that. And like mm-hmm. this one we like watched live as it like happened. You know? yeah, yeah, the fact that they got him in like a little over well, they had him straight away, but they yeah. couldn't arrest him. They arrested him like a little over a month later. That's like yeah. super impressive. I'm so proud of those police officers. Like, I feel like they did such a good job. They did say that the only reason why they got him was because of the tens of thousands of tips people called into. So it just goes to show that, like, when the media does a good job of covering a case like this, it gets, it gets, like, we can put somebody away super, super quick. Yeah. I mean, like a, a lot of people like shit on the media for being too invasive and whatever. But in this case, they did just the right amount of work to get people involved, and it really paid off, man. They did such a good job. I'm so proud of them. I also one other thing I forgot we didn't talk about. <laughs> um, when they were they were watching him in Pennsylvania for a while, and at one point he came out of his house in like surgical gloves. Ew. and cleaned no. his car like detailed his car from top to bottom but didn't throw out the garbage immediately he threw it out at four o'clock in the morning and put it in his neighbor's dumpster so it's just like a what he was not yeah. even trying not no. to get caught <laughs> the police were like all right we're gonna take that so i can only yeah. imagine what they found in there so maybe yeah. he was doing it on purpose so he could get caught so he can be like sensationalized yeah wouldn't be surprised terrible but I guess we'll keep uh, 
up to date with this one yeah it's yeah. sad we'll, it's we'll scary to yeah i feel bad for like all those parents that have i know kids in college and stuff too like you expect them to just go to school be safe and come yeah. back like terrifying yeah what that what what kaylee i think it was kaylee's dad said he's like i sent my daughter off to school and she returned in a box oh like, it's just terrible yeah that's so scary and so i'm scary. glad that they have some sort of like uh closure like yeah because at first when this first happened they made it seem like the first couple weeks they had no idea yeah so it was like that had to be really hard for because maybe the parents knew that they had some idea i don't know but their friends you know well that's the other thing i'm pretty impressed with because like these are obviously popular girls right yeah oh yeah this house so for all of their friends to keep hush hush about dylan not living in the bottom floor or dm not living in the bottom floor and living on the second floor like how many people actually a lot of people i'm sure knew that Mm -hmm. yeah but didn't say anything i'm sure they all wanted to like catch this person so they were going to do everything they could to keep like the integrity of the investigation you know yeah yeah kudos to them though for going through this and still you know not correcting false things yeah and all that stuff but, so nuts i know i'm excited to see this piece of shit stay in court though i am so oh, excited yeah. to see how 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 this plays out because yeah. it's not going to be good for him no. it's going to be glorious for everyone else though yeah question do they have the death penalty in Idaho? yeah Idaho's do. death penalty state mm. yeah that could be bad for him yeah and uh, i will say though i'm not like i don't think i'm like i i don't i'm against the death penalty not in like how most people are like they think it's wrong whatever i would just rather my murderer rot in jail for the rest of their life i kind of yeah i I feel that way too right i I don't want them having that relief yeah of death uh i want them to sit in a jail cell and think about what they did for like terrible food yeah right i don't know I don't know how I would want that. Well, think about it and report back to us. Yeah, let us know next episode. (laughs) I don't know if I can get that. I mean, because when I did, like, public speaking classes in college and stuff, I had to, um, like, debate both sides of this argument. And, like, that's probably why. Like, I still have no idea why I would want what I would want. I think just for me, like, my worst nightmare is, like, sitting in prison. Mm. I do not do well, well in prison. I guess like it depends who the person is too. Like if this person is like afraid of death or something or yeah. terrified of dying. But also like I don't know how prison is. I've never been there. But some prisoners can like assimilate really well into prison culture. Yeah. I, it really depends on like what crime you've committed. Yeah. And but in this guy's case, I don't think murdering like college students i don't think he's gonna do well in prison yeah exactly no, he's yeah not so, gonna do well yeah all right well i hope our three listeners liked this uh episode a little something we'll different up. who's going our, next week is it me you it's you <gasps> yeah oops oh gotta get on that i'm just gonna say this live our source <laughs> our single source for this episode well, our two sources are tiktok and um <laughs> and document the, affidavit. the docu- official affidavit yeah, <laughs> documentcloud.org 
slash documents slash Idaho murders court. Perfect. Nailed it. God, my uh, like writer in me is freaking out right now. <laughs> you can say you can say the the real uh little voice note if it's bothering you. <laughs> Come here, Peppy. Just just literally, it's just the affidavit that everybody has seen how, on the internet. I'm show everyone how cute you are. We need to end it on a positive note, Pepper. Miss Pepper, beautiful. I have to go because people are still messaging me. Do you oh. need help with anything? Yeah. No. Do you? No, I'm okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.